And hello, and welcome to uh, Point of View. Um, I'm Ryan with Elliot, as always. Um, before we get into everything, I, we're actually just going to cut straight to the chase. LeBron James, four-time NBA champion, four-time finals MVP. There's only one guy that's done it. Obviously, it's taken more attempts. But um, do you think – and he also said at the very end he wants some damn respect. Um, do you think he's finally going to get it? Um, from – I, I think some people will, but I obviously gonna be, there's always going to be some people um, in the media and elsewhere who are, who no matter what LeBron does, he could go he could win six, he could win seven, they still won't give him respect. But I think overall in in the basketball community, for the most part, I think he's he's proven um, that he he, he it's, he's warranted some respect, and I think he will get it. I know a lot of people talk about this NBA Finals that it, you know it shouldn't really count, but you have to remember. You know, they 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 had they were playing and then they stopped for five months without being in, with your teammates, without being anything, and just being thrown out there and asked to deliver a championship. So I actually think it's one of the hardest championships that has been won. Um, you could say that he got a break with the Clippers choking, but that's not LeBron's fault. You could say had a break without seeing the Celtics, but that's not LeBron's fault either. So I think the respect that he's going to get um, going forward, uh, he'll have a bigger target on his back, but. LeBron's never been afraid of that. And I agree with that. Um, me and you have done this multiple times. I know people argue back and forth, who's the GOAT? I mean, it almost has to be LeBron now, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, there, there are obviously certain things that Michael Jordan has done better than LeBron James. Um, and it's this is no ill will against Michael Jordan. Um, it's just a passing of the torch. Larry Bird had it for a while. Magic had it for a while. Um, if you go further back, Bill Russell had it. He was the goat at one point. So, um, but I think he's finally done enough to justify himself being the greatest player of all time. Um, and people talk about the killer instinct uh, and things like that. But you have to remember, LeBron James has more game-winning shots in the playoffs than Kobe Bryant and um, Michael Jordan combined. He's got. He's been to you know whatever amount of finals. He did lose a bunch. But um, he's got four four titles and and has been to you know six losses whatever. But I think you have to look at this as more than just who has the better final record. It goes with everything, and I think every all things considered, um, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I actually and at this point in time, I genuinely think that um, LeBron James is the goat. Uh, the, the, Michael didn't win anything or get to the finals even without Scottie Pippen. He's the best number two of all time. Um, and like Colin Coward said last week, he needed Michael needed Scotty. All LeBron James needs is a basketball, and he can take you to the finals because he's taken some really horrific teams further than they probably should have gone. Speaking of um, horrific teams, um, I don't want to say they were a horrific team, but how about a horrific sports city? People don't realize that one title in 2016 means more than any title that any player has won in the history of sports. And I'm taking that even bigger than the Cubs winning the World Series. Because if you look at it, there was just one sport in Chicago. They mm -hmm. had the Blackhawks, they had the Bulls, they had the Bears winning it. No city has suffered like Cleveland. So that one title is above and beyond any title that anybody has won in North America. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, like like you said, the, 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 the people of Chicago have seen the Bulls win. They've seen the White Sox win. They've seen the Cubs win. They've seen the Blackhawks win. They've seen every team basically they have their win championships where Cleveland a football fan like we are they the fire have even won a title exactly so you look at Cleveland they haven't won anything 
I mean, not that like not nothing significant. And uh, for LeBron James to do what he did in Cleveland, regardless of the circumstance, he went back. He went down three one and won the title. Um, yes, Ky- Kyrie had the shot, but LeBron had the block that set up that that moment. So I don't think you can really. I don't know how to explain it. There's nothing will really live up to what he was able to bring Cleveland. I agree with that. Now to my next thing. Um, you know, me being a lifelong Pacers fan, I was so happy for Frank Vogel. Um, how much of him do you think he had influence on his team? Because you could tell a lot. His philosophy has always been to play team ball, and it looks like for like – and I'm not saying LeBron's a selfish player at all, but this is like the first time in LeBron's career – that he didn't have to do everything. The Lakers really played the game as a team. How much yeah. credit do you give Vogel? Oh, a fair bit. I mean, you can you can see. I mean, a lot of people think that that anyone could have just gone in there and done that, but others hadn't. So I think Vogel deserves a lot of credit. I think LeBron obviously deserves a lot of credit. I think, but the person I give the most credit to, at least, is the uh, putting this team together. They got Rondo back on a, on a minimum deal. Dwight Howard came up big down the stretch. JaVel McGee, a lot of the, the, the ownership, the uh, the general manager. Vogel obviously gets a lot of credit, and uh, LeBron James obviously is also going to be a, a part of that as well. But um, I think Vogel went from being, you know, a bust as a coach after going to Orlando and losing 100 games to turning that around for him is awesome. But just co- as a collective, winning the Lakers' 13th championship, is tremendous. And tell us why you say it's 13. Because I know people are going to say it's 17, but tell us yeah. what your opinion is on that. So, look, if, if you're if you're going to give the Lakers the 17, then the Thunder have won. If, if we're not counting the Thunder, the Seattle Sounders, sorry, Seattle Supersonics championship that they had back in the day as a Thunder title, then you can't count what the Lakers did in Minneapolis. The Celtics won all 17 in a city. And I'm not, I'm not, this is even the Celtics versus Laker thing. They won five championships in LA. If they had changed their name to something else, the new franchise would not have, you they wouldn't have been able to take along the championships that they had won before that into your new, new city. So again, if, if we're going to give the Lakers 17, then the Thunder have championships. And I don't think anybody and I mean, nobody views the Thunders as having a title. So if we're gonna if we're gonna have that, same, um, can I also say same thing with the Atlanta Hawks? They won a title in St. Louis when they were originally here. Yep. And I don't think anybody views the Atlanta Hawks as having a title. Exactly. So you can't view the Lakers as having 17. Um, they won four or five. I don't know. It's either 12 or 13. And it's great. They have the second most titles in, in league history. But even if they win next year and the year after that, and have more than whatever you you count up. So, so suppose they win the next two, that would take them to 19. But still, it would only it wouldn't be more than the Celtics because the Celtics, you know, didn't move to another city. The Celtics won all 17 in that place. And again, the Lakers changed their name to something else when they come to Los Angeles. Then the titles that they won in Minneapolis don't count the same. So, all due respect to the Lakers, great franchise, second best franchise, or even even the best franchise you can argue, regardless of the championships. A lot of Hall of Fame is a lot of great things have happened in, in the Los Angeles uh, Lakers organization as they continue to be uh, define excellence. Um, but again, you can't count the, the, the championships that won't, you were that had you had 
won in a previous city. That, that's not a part of the Lakers organization. That's part of the Minneapolis organization. So that's why, you know, I counted as 13 and not 17. All right. Um, Dwight Howard's legacy. This is an interesting one. At some point, he was the best setter in the game, you know, yeah. for out about a good five or six year stretch. Mm -hmm. Finally gets a ring. And I know he wasn't like the biggest part, but he still played a lot was a key contributor. When we look back on his legacy, what do you think that's going to be? It should be Hall of Famer because if you just look at what he did in Orlando before that, he won the Defensive Player of the Year like three times. He was a, whatever, eight-time All-Star. He took a team to a finals that had no business being there. Uh, conference finals after that. He goes to L.A. originally and then – I don't know. Something went on, went on with Dwight Howard. His injuries, his um, – I, I feel like he didn't have the work ethic. He didn't take it serious enough at some point. He comes back to L.A. He takes a minimum deal on stipulations that they can cut him for nothing at any point in time. He comes in there. He um, – and he, he plays, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game. He comes in there and, and, and is a big part of the championship. And if I was the Lakers, I would bring him back again. And if he does – if they don't bring him back, someone else will uh, – pay him so I think like his legacy is, is you know cured because if the thing about if, if he doesn't win this championship then people are going to think of he spent time in the, uh, with the with the um, Hornets with the Rockets with the Wizards and it, it, he's just, he was starting to have a journeyman career and with this championship he kind of erased that narrative because I thought look, Dwight Howard was never going to win anything yeah and I'm really happy for him um now the big now the big question. Um, I know we got that guy out there in Milwaukee. I know we got that guy out there in Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, do you think though LeBron leaves? We have a young man named Anthony Davis who's only 27, 28. Do you think he could take the league on his shoulders and become the next face? And I ask that because not only did he win the finals, he was dominant. And if you would have argued that Anthony Davis deserved the MVP. I could have gone for it 110. percent Um, in as far as him being the face of the league, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, obviously he's got the game to do it, but being the face of the league has more than just the way you play basketball. It's it's about the branding. It's about what you represent. It's about all these things, and that's why LeBron James has been the face of basketball the entire, uh, the entirety of this whole thing. Um. And I think it also comes to storylines. So I think it's it's, and I know I know neither one of these players played are American, but Giannis and Dantich have a certain there's a certain unique quality about them. And I know they have one championship like like Davis, um, but Giannis came from from Greece. The first couple of years in the league, he couldn't uh, his parents couldn't come and see him. He had there's a lot of stuff going on, and he and, you know he he was just by himself um, and he eventually exploded onto the scene and was two-time MVP and, and all this stuff. And it gradually took him to the level. And then Dantich, if, if his Real Madrid team doesn't win the championship before he comes to the league, I'm not sure he just drafted where he does. And I'm not sure he's in, even in the same breath. And obviously he's really good, but I think the storyline surrounding those two are just a little bit more enticing. Where Davis, we, we have the, the, the years, um, in the New Orleans where it was just making the playoffs and getting a first round exit. And um, so he can be the future of the Lakers, but 
but I'm not sure he can be the face of the league based on some of the other factors of the other storylines that are more enticing. And Davis, just before going to LA, as great as he was, wasn't didn't really make a difference individually in terms of a yeah. playoff push. And it's nothing against Anthony Davis. I think he's an awesome guy. He did a great job. It was it was a great moment to see him burst into tears after winning a championship final. Um, so it's nothing against Anthony Davis. But I feel like the New Orleans stuff is is not he's not going to be there because of what happened in New Orleans. And I just feel like Giannis and and Dantich have a little bit more um, flair about it. Um, but if we're talking about the face of the league, and it just depends on LeBron, I, is, and I know he didn't play that well th- that much this year, but Steph Curry is a multiple champion. He He's a big part of why Golden State had the success. He's not the only piece, obviously. And, um, you know, that's an all, another per, an, uh, another person who also could, you, you could say, is could be the face of the league based on his personality, based on his brand, and, and all the other things combined with it. But um, it's hard to say who will be the face of the league because – I still have a hard time imagining the NBA without LeBron James. Yep. All right. So, speaking of face league, I'm going to shift to Dallas. And you, you'll you stand by this thing. You think Giannis will go to Dallas? Yeah, I think so. All right. Do you think – because we've seen all these super teams in, like, these mega NBA markets. So, you got Los Angeles, obviously, Miami mega NBA market. When Giannis goes to Dallas, we all know what's king there. It's mm-hmm. not – the Mavericks, it is Jerry Jones and his Cowboys. You could even argue that with how big of a baseball state Texas is, that the Rangers are probably even bigger than the Mavericks at the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think, honestly, how good do you think it will be for the NBA if they get a mega team that can win three or four championships? Do you think that basketball – I mean, obviously when Dirk was there, they would sell games. But do you think that basketball can grow from – we're going to sell out games and we'll have a million fans where the whole city of Dallas just goes absolutely nuts if they get a superstar team like that. Well, they'll never pass the Cowboys, and it doesn't matter how good or bad they are because the Cowboys are always a topic of conversation. So even if they went 2-14 and 14 or something, there's just, just the, the conversation will always be about the Cowboys, and that's never going to change the big brand, Jerry Jones, all this stuff. Cause, but I think they could be – they could be, I mean, right behind them at some point. And, and you're probably right. At this point, the Rangers are probably a bigger deal there in, in Texas. But you bring Giannis with Dantich, with Kristaps, with a lot of other good pieces, I think they can win multiple championships. And if they start to do that, then maybe we have a conversation between them and the Rangers and potentially being the second uh, team in the city. Um, again, I don't ever think they'll be able to over – I don't think they'll ever be more than Dallas uh, or more than the Cowboys because the Cowboys are the Cowboys. And it just seems like to, it's like impossible for anyone to really suggest that the Dallas Mavericks could overtake them. But I think they could be the most successful team in town, if, if that makes sense, if, if, if the pieces go together. Do you think – and this is the crazy thing, because the Rangers aren't even the, third, the second biggest team in Texas. We all know it's, it's Texas A&M and the University of Texas too. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a good for, for the NBA? And I know Dallas has won one championship, and I know the Mavericks got huge when Dirk is there. Do you think it's a good thing for the NBA to have a super team in a city like that? And I know Dallas is massive. I know everything. Or would you think they prefer to have it in a city like Miami, if that I makes mean, sense? Right. So Miami, it's obviously more enticing in Miami. 
But Dallas is still a massive market. And with a couple of championships with Giannis and Dantich and Chris Stops and everybody else, you certainly can make the argument that they can start to change that conversation. Again, the University of Texas is a big one. Um, that's another branding-wise, it will be hard to overcome that. But I feel like, again, it can become one, it, it, it can become much more popular basketball-wise in the city. You have a great owner. Um, you have you have a franchise player. You bring Giannis. You got another one in there. You got Kristaps, who, who who's an all-star. Uh, and then you have, if, I mean, when, when these guys are rolling and, and they had obviously all this stuff happened with Dirk, but this is this is the, their their opportunity to sort of make them, them their mark in the city. And again, uh, I don't think Cowboys are going to win anything anytime soon. I don't think the University of Texas is going to win anything anytime soon. So it's possible they could become the most successful team in town. It's, of course, we, they're, they're still going to have to deal with some of the you know, these other big boys in the NBA, and we'll see what happens. But I don't actually – Miami is obviously ideal, but I think Dallas is actually a fine place to build a team because even though it's not the biggest team in, in the city, it's still a massive brand to have an NBA franchise. Not only is it a massive brand, but we per, they proved this year that towns care about winners – So when their hockey team and you know the stars did and look at how they went cup crazy yeah i think it all depends on who your winner is mm -hmm. exactly all right um so my next question for you sir is regards to the nba okay. do you think Giannis has played his last game with the bucks he unfouled everybody on social media does not uh, seem happy with the with the first round exit um you know, all that stuff. Um, what do you think? Um, he hasn't played his last game with the Bucks because I don't think he, he's he's going to move this summer, but he'll move next summer if they don't. The Bucks have to surround him with the best possible team they can to win a championship or at least get to the finals. If they're unable to do that, then he's probably gone next summer. But this, I, I think he'll give the Bucs another chance to sort of consolidate everything that's going on and trying to build the best possible team that they can. We'll see what happens with what happens beyond this, this season, uh, next season. But I think he'll stay there for one more year. Um, and if, if it doesn't click or it doesn't work out for those teams, um, um, just, just next season, and they don't win anything, they don't make the finals, and they have a similar season that they had this season, then it's, then it's over. But I think the, the Bucks have one more year to sort of get this thing right. Because if, if he somehow – I don't think it's going to happen, but if they win a championship and they get him a, another star or something, um, then maybe they, maybe they can win, win. But, again, if they don't win a championship or make the finals next year, he, he'll be gone. All right. Um... Do you think it matters if they win a title next year anyway? If they win the t if the Bucks win the championship, I think he'll stay. If they don't, then he won't. If, even if they go to Game Seven of the NBA Finals and the Lakers beat him, um, I don't I don't think that's enough. They have to lift the Larry O'Brien Trophy, or this isn't or this is just not going to happen. Uh, or he's going to end up in either Dallas, Miami, or Golden State. That's just the, the situation I see. But again, I don't think they're going to win the championship because I. I think um, – I don't know who's going to win the East, but it's, I don't think it's going to be Milwaukee. No. 
Uh, God, I don't want him in Milwaukee either. And once again, we've talked about this, and it's no disrespect to the people in that city. Yeah. They're too not. small of a city. Nobody cares about you. Yeah. You know? I mean, God, I'd love it if he signed with the Knicks. You know? <laughs> How fun would that be? That would be incredible. The NBA is all about the brand. I yeah. mean, the basketball the basketball secondary. I mean, we love the sport. But we all know who's got a chance to win every year. You got your classic teams, the Celtics and the Lakers, and then it's whoever yeah. can build the best brand. And exactly. that's just the facts of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, in no disrespect to Milwaukee, who cares about the Milwaukee Bucks? Until you got Giannis, you were nobodies. Yeah, I mean, I mean even, even Aaron Rodgers is in the same city, and you never see him at Bucks games. That should tell you at least some indication that they, the people in Milwaukee don't really care about the Milwaukee Bucks. I got you. And that's true. Um, I don't think, though, yeah, they're not even the, they're not even the third most popular team. In, they're not even the fourth most popular team in the state because you got the Brewers baseball, you got Wisconsin Badgers, and, you got, of course, you got the Packers. So, you know, I mean, I don't understand yeah. why he'd want to stay there. I don't either. But, but that being said, but they, they they almost won seventy games, so I think he'll give another shot. According to rumors, management's going to try to put put him together with another star, um, so he'll give him a shot. But I, I don't think he doesn't seem like the type of person that's going to demand a trade or anything like that. He'll he'll leave. if he wants to leave, he'll leave, but he won't do it the way Anthony Davis did it. Listen, if they're saying pair him with a star, and I'm a Pacers fan. I mean. Honestly, who'd want to go there? I mean, probably, the, honestly, their highest ceiling for getting a star, wouldn't you say it'd probably be like an Oladipo or something like that? I think I think they can get Westbrook. That's the one star I think they could land. And then someone like Oladipo is possible or – yeah, but I think Westbrook is the highest level of star that would come that, that would go there. Maybe they could get Paul George. And honestly, I th- – But I don't think so. And honestly, this is me being honest. I think Westbrook going there was a horrible move. I think it is too. Um, could you explain why, and then I'll give you my take? Well, because what Giannis needs is somebody that is good defensively, that can hit threes, shoots a high percentage, uh, can can deliver from the three throw line. Westbrook is a bad three throw shooter, a bad three point shooter, and hangs onto the ball way too often. You need ball movement, not someone who's going to dribble it for twenty five minutes. So I think that's a horrible move. I think it's the best they can do as far as bringing another star. But I, I just don't think the style of play of Westbrook is going to go well with Giannis because he, that's not what he needs. He doesn't need a guy who's, who can um, at times tries to stat pad and at times um, fail miserably in, in, op- you know, in, in open shot situations. Um, I, I, he just doesn't need someone who's going to dominate the ball. He needs, he needs someone like – it'll never happen, but someone like Clay Thompson would be a perfect match for Giannis. And that won't happen, obviously, but, but that's the type of player he needs. He doesn't need a Russell Westbrook. And, all right. Um, so, you don't think the Bucks are contenders next year? I defend, depends what you define as contender. I define winning the title as a contender. No. <laughs> Then no. All right. I, I think I know why, but I'm going to get into this next topic. How much do you think we're starting to underappreciate how good Eric Spolstra is? 
I mean, he's, uh, like I said, the, a couple weeks ago, I think he's the best coach in basketball. Um, at least, well, I, I wouldn't say that. He's the, he's the best. I thought he should have won coach of the year given what Miami was going to be and what they became through the whole situation. I think he did a tremendous job. LeBron wanted somebody else when he was in Miami. Eric Sproch was a big reason why they won those championships. Um, and I think, I think he's one of the best coaches in basketball, and, end of story. And I know they went through a period where they didn't win um, and they make the playoffs, but you, you can see with somebody just a glimpse of talent, he can, he can take them to a, a level that they're, that they're at. Um, with the Heat, and I agree with that 100%, you think he – I think he'll win another title with them. What do you think they need to get back? They won two games, and I know the last game was a blowout. What do you think they need to get back and win next year? Man, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's all going to depend. I, I can't call this a fluke, you know? No, it's not a fluke. But and then Jimmy Butler took. They need they need another star, or they're not gonna they're not gonna be able. They can get back to the finals, but if they get back to the finals, it'll be a similar result if if they do. Because I don't know what's gonna happen with the Lakers. I don't know who they're gonna bring in. There'll be some upgrades in Los Angeles. Um, and I think for the time being, they are the prohibited favorites in uh, um in LA just because we don't know who's who's coaching the Clippers, and there's a lot of question marks surrounding most of the Western Conference. Um, so the Lakers will be back in the finals next season. I think they'll probably win it again. But if if Miami wants to get back there, they need to get themselves another star. And I, I don't think there's a way for them to really get there again um, based on – not without another star. They need somebody else to, to realistically have a chance to win it because they did get two games, but this entire series was a huge mismatch. I agree with that 110%. Um... I got to ask this question, even though he's even said on Instagram, we're going to run it right back, going to repeat. The, is there any chance that a team could come out there with an offer that could take Anthony Davis away from the Lakers? No chance. Got a ring. Zero, zero, like less than zero. He just won a championship with LeBron James. LeBron James is still the best player in basketball. They just are coming off a championship. This was the thing. When he rejected his initial offer from the Lakers, it was because – they can offer him a supermax in the summer. That would be so he'd be leave, leaving like seventy million on the table had he taken that initial offer. Miami's not going to be able to do it. Chicago's not going to be able to do it. No, nope, there's nothing that can happen that's going to get Le Anthony Davis to leave LeBron James. It's not happening. Yeah, I agree with that. And speaking of Chicago, you want to talk about a franchise that falls on, and we'll bring up the next two. Um, what do you think? And I do love talking about the Bulls. They're building correctly. Um, what do you think it's going to take for them to be a consistent playoff team again? Because we all know in our lifetime, and I, I think this is fair. I'm going to make this prediction right now. We will see at least one Bulls championship in our lifetime, and I guarantee you we'll see at least two or three Knicks championships when dumbass decides to sell the team. Not soon, but eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually on both. Um, do you really think – because I know the – Oh, crap. I forget. We watched the last dance. The Bulls owner, we all know, is not very good. Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf, and obviously James Dolan. Do you really think, because they're two massive markets with a lot of money, do you really think it's the ownership at this point? It has to be. Look, I, I know people, obviously, the super villain of the, of the last dance was um, – Reinsdorf was obviously an issue, but it was Jerry Krause. 
But in, in fairness to Jerry Krause, who, who's no longer the GM of the Bulls. Um, who's, God who's rest best. his soul, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, but as much as there's so much about Jerry Krause that in the, in the last dance just rubs you the wrong way, he was one of the best general managers in the history of basketball. He drafted, um, not Michael Jordan, but he drafted Scottie Pitt. He put all the pieces together so they could win multiple, multiple, multiple championships. He got Rodman. Exactly. He got Pippen. He, you know, he, even some of the, the, the smaller pieces, he got Paxton. He got, there's so many different pieces of that team that, that he put together. He built well, this team. Steve Carr. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it was his fault. He blew it up when it wasn't necessary. That's on him. How it ended is on him. But up until that point, the way he built this team was tremendous. Reinsdorf, I don't even know how – like, the only thing he's done positively is he, he hired Jerry Krause as the general manager and was able to draft Michael Jordan. I mean, literally, he hasn't done anything else to even – I don't know how to explain can, it. Can I – Go ahead. Can I interrupt really quick? Yeah, go ahead. He's done two positive things as an ownership because he also – owns the Chicago White Sox. He are Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen as, the, as manager, general okay, manager, yeah. respectively, and they won the World Series. Nothing to do with him. He just signed the checks. He is meddlesome. He's a rubbish owner. He has just made two good hires and has won, won six of the Bulls in a world title with the White Sox. He has won seven championships in his combined two teams based on dumb luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't know about that. But, yeah, that's, that's true. I don't think he's – I think he's the problem – I don't think they've made that many great moves at any point in time. Um, the, G J the GM with the Bulls is what got them to that level. And when Jerry Krause wasn't there anymore, they stopped doing well. So um, even he, if I'm not mistaken, he even drafted Derrick Rose. And I know Derrick Rose isn't, wasn't what he was supposed to be. He won an MVP. He got to the conference final. So um, I think Ryan Doris is the problem. And I think there's a, Oh, look, there's some there's some pieces I like. I like Kobe White. I think he showed some flashes. Zach Levine is obviously not the flashiest player in the, in the league, but I, I, obviously his dunks are amazing. But he's 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 averaging 20 plus a game since being there. Um, the team is a mess. Other than that, Wendell Carter is nice, but they have so much work to do with this team. Eventually, they're going to get it right, but it's going to be a long time before that happens. Um. My question now. My question is about James Dolan, and this is an interesting one. So the New York Rangers made really good trades. Okay, not only did they make the playoffs last year, they made a trade so good they got the first overall pick for Alexis Lafreniere, who's going to be, by all standards, could be like a the next Alex Ovechkin. Mm -hmm. People forget he owns the Rangers that are consistently in the playoffs, consistently competing for Stanley Cup, and then his basketball team's a complete shit show. Do you really think it's just? Obviously, I think he doesn't care about hockey. Do you really think he cares too much about the Knicks in, like, a bad way? That, like, everything he touches just turns to crap. I mean, because it, it, it doesn't make sense that your hockey team's competing for a championship when your other team, your own, is finishing last place every year. Yeah, I think you're right. He doesn't know what, the, he doesn't know what he's doing. There have been uh, – the Charles Oakley thing was horrible. Then Spike Lee being stopped in an elevator at the Garden. I mean, it just his, – his – um, I don't know how to explain it. His, his dealings with personnel is horrendous. And he hasn't made that many good hires. The Knicks are a mess. I don't know anybody would want to go there. K 
KD and Kyrie could have gone to the Knicks last summer, and they went to Brooklyn. Um, so that's that basically says everything you need to know about why the Knicks are in the situation they are. I think if he sells the team to somebody who's more willing to take it, um, they could – and I think they're a long way from being good, but they could at least do something with that where it just – at this rate, it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere. And, and R.J. Barrett's nice, but – I just there's just nothing about this team that really is all that good to to begin with, and he's the reason why they're so bad. All right, um, my here's my next question to you, um, and I'll be I gotta go use the restroom really quick, so I'll be right back. But I'll let you answer it. Um, if you're the Knicks, do you just? I know it sounds crazy. Do you even like consider trading R.J. Barrett? just to tank and get worse and worse and worse until, I mean, and I know the 76ers thing didn't work as planned, but they're at least a playoff team year in and year out now. Do you even consider trying something like that? Because you are that big of a laughing stock and a joke. I'll be right back while you're giving our audience the thoughts. I'll, I'll just pause the recording and then I'll answer it when you come back. All right, cool. Welcome back okay, to part two of Point of View. <laughs> Yeah, back to part two. So I was asking with Elliot, um, we see how the Sixers did it. You know, they had some nice pieces at, um, back in the day. Um, oh, who was there? Oh, um, with uh, Turner, you know. Yeah. Uh, Evan Turner, you know, good piece. But, you know, this is a crazy thing. I'd even compare an R.J. Bear to an Evan Turner. Good piece. Can't really – I wouldn't say you're going to really win with him, though. You know, I mean, you may make an eight seed. In your opinion, should the Knicks just start out and try to do their own version of a process where they can at least not be a laughing stock anymore and make the playoffs? God, I don't know. I the process worked in theory because you got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but the six ever other draft picks that you picked were all busts, with from Michael Carter Williams to Nowhere's Noel to all these pieces. So I don't know if at this point they're so bad. Maybe they should try it. But I don't, I don't think you need to trade R.J. Barrett to try it because the team is so bad that that's not even necessary. It's just like one of those things where it's just like if, if he's a – I don't know. It's hard to say just because they're, they're so awful. And just, does getting rid of him make it that much better? Because you're going to need more than one piece to do that. Um, and R.J. Barrett's literally the only thing of value. So I would, I would keep R.J. Barrett personally, but um, – they're going to be so bad they're going to end up in the lottery every year until they can get this thing right. All right. Um, with the R.J. Barrett situation, though, um, do you think that at the end of the day – I mean, I know they wanted Zion. At all, um, with the health of Zion, do you think the Knicks could have actually locked in to the best player from last year's draft? No, because the best player from last year's draft is in Memphis. If they – if they don't get Zion, they took our. If they take, um, not R.J. Barrett, um, John Morant, then then that that's that's you know a blessing in disguise. But they pick third, not second. And Memphis did what they were supposed to do, and they picked the best player available in that draft. And Zion, if he's healthy, is going to be amazing. Um, but I don't think lucked in anything because R.J. Barrett has has been pretty good. John Morant's been insane. Zion's been insane when he's played. Um, and then there's even some other picks bef- below that that 
did pretty well. So it's just like, I don't think they just ended up with RJ Barrett. However, the potential of RJ Barrett is no joke. Before last year's college uh, college basketball season, he would have been the number one pick of the draft. Um, he was projected to go number one before they went to Duke together, and Zion basically exploded. But um, yeah, I don't think they're they've somehow lucked into the next big star in the NBA. Memphis did, but not not New York. What do you think RJ Barrett's ceiling is? Do you think maybe like a multiple time All Star? Um, like uh, Gilbert Arenas, maybe. So make a couple All Star games, a twenty point game score, someone who can who can have the moment occasionally, but he's not trans. Uh, he's not transcendent, if that makes sense. I got you. Um. So, get off the basketball topic now, and I agree with that. Um, I've heard, and I want to talk about Syria. I've heard some of the most insane things. I'm not going to tell, say the person's name. I'm not going to give away even anything to give away, any affiliation or anything. Somebody came out to me the other day, and they were a Man United fan. They told me dead to my face, straight face, Mason Greenwood is better than Chiro Mobley. Where is the – why do you think people get – where's the disrespect coming from? Oh, my God. I don't know. Really, Greenwood? And this person knows football. This person's been a football fan for about 14 years. And he's only only 22. Good God. I mean, look, if, if you had said Rashford is better than a Mobley, still wrong. But <laughs> – Okay, like I, I I understand it a little bit, but Mason Green one isn't even on the same stratosphere as Kiro Mobley. I don't understand this. I think it's the it's the false narratives about Serie A that it's the it's it's where Italian football was in 2006. They think it's a defensive league when it's basically the polar opposite of that, where it's one of the highest scoring leagues in, in world football last three years. Um, and Mobley is one of the best strikers in the world. I don't care what league he plays and I don't care what team he plays for. Uh, he's just simply one of the best strikers that they're, that's going right now. Um, and uh, he's coming off a season where he scored over 40 goals and Greenwood has been at Man United for a cup of coffee. And Greenwood does one, like from, from what I've seen from Greenwood, he's a great finisher. He's got a great shot on him, but he doesn't do anything else. He's just primarily a goal scorer where Immobile does absolutely everything. You, I mean, Man United's are bad. If you take Greenwood away from them, they're still bad. You take if you take Mobley out of Lazio, they don't look the same. They don't they don't operate the same. They're not on the same wavelength. They're not that dominant team that we see. Where he Mason Greenwood is may, way more replaceable than Kiro Mobley. Kiro Mobley is the best striker in Italian football at this moment, and as far as I'm concerned, I, I think that's pretty. It's it's pretty a foregone conclusion. You can put Zabat in there too. I think that's a that's a decent shot. But Kira Mobley is just one of the best strikers going right now. He is a goal scoring machine, and his team just isn't the same without him. All right. Um, yeah, I agree. It's it's egregious and absurd. Um, I can't defend this as a Premier League fan. I can't. I'm sorry. And I want Greenwood to be better. I do. Yeah. I want my league to be the best. And you know me. I have a very soft spot. I have tons of friends from England. 
like genuine friends from England that I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. I want them to do well in the World Cup and everything and on the international stage. Right. I can't defend this. Simply, I cannot defend this. I think it's probably – it's like we know um, – I don't even know, like, how to compare it to. Like, you know, it, it, it'd be like saying – Devin Booker is better than LeBron James. Exactly. Egregious. <laughs> Absolutely egregious. That's basically what I, it is. <laughs> I've heard – you know what, Guru – and, you know, I, I don't think that Serie A is the best league in the world. You know this. but I don't I do either. I, I am still at the point in my life, though, where I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you know. Um, oh, also, uh, by the way, if Paul DeBala leads Juventus to the uh, um, league and maybe even a double, he's my Ballon d'Or winner. He heard it here first. Yeah, that's – I think – if he wins the, if he wins with this Juventus under Pillar on his first season, he has to win it. I don't care what anybody says. All right. Um, so now on to my next topic for you. Um, let's preview a big match. And I got, I want you to like give us like a deep dive and preview. Okay. We got tons of time tonight. AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Now on our other show, we have an AC Milan. I mean. God, she's gonna kill me if I if I <laughs> said Ace Milan fan. We have an Ace Milan fan. That being said, can you give us your honest to God prediction? And me and you have talked. Can you give us your honest to God prediction? Why, if there's any winner, AC Milan's gonna win this, and give us a deep reason or a deep uh, dive. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because when we talked about this yesterday, I missed the very not I didn't do it on purpose, but I missed a, a point that I wanted to make after I listened to it back. Oh. Um, so I do think this is going to be a draw. Uh, so I just want to make that clear. Um, I think that Milan hasn't played anybody. Inter haven't played well. So it's, it's like one of those weird ones where it just feels like a draw. But if there's a winner, it's going to be AC Milan. Because, look, obviously M Milan have an advantage in goalkeeper. Their defense is probably pretty even. Their midfield's way better. Their attacking options, Inter has a big advantage. Um, Inter can't create anything. Their midfield is a complete disaster. You know, Burrell has been okay, and then there's other pieces that have, that have been decent at times, but they can't create anything. Their best creator is Lotaro Martinez, who is a striker. Their best creator is the person who's scoring most of their goals this season. Um, so if, if you can't create anything from the midfield, you can't get the ball to Lukaku Martinez, where Milan may not be the – most have them of the most creative midfield, but they have guys like Kessie and Tonalahu and uh, Benesser and, and, and Tanali. And those guys are, they have the ability to create offense and attacking football to Zlatan or Rebic or whoever's, whoever's starting up front, Liam even maybe. So they'll, there's going to be, look, I think it's going to be a tie, but Milan will create more chances for the strikers to deliver. The question is whether or not AC Milan will finish those chances. I don't see Milan being able to, to create very much in this game because they haven't done it all season. There are teams who have not gotten seven points out of nine who are, have a better midfield. Their midfield is an absolute disaster. And now it really seems like losing out on Sandra Tonali was the worst thing that happened to them this season because they got no sense of anything. Burrell is the only thing, the only player really doing much of anything. Uh, Raja's not really playing much. Vidal's had moments, um, but it's just like they're not creating enough for Milan to do it. And 
The, those strikers up top with Martinez and Lukaku, you can't get much better than that. But if they if you can't get them the ball and they have to create their own instant offense, it's going to be a lot more difficult for Inter Milan really to, to you know to have that moment in this game. If if Lautaro Martinez is brilliant and he has one of those games where he just dominates and they win it, or Lukaku has a similar game, that's one thing. But if their midfield can't create anything with their attack, and that's why AC Milan have a much better chance because. Even if they miss a bunch of chances, there'll be more opportunities for them to score because their midfield will link up with their attack where Inter Milan is, their attack is, is linked up by, you know, just the fact that the most creative player is, a, you know, their striker. And you can't, you, and that's just a bad sign when your midfield is, is, is awful. All right. Um, so for you, and this is, this is a tough question, actually. After, obviously, you think AC Milan's going to win. Now mm-hmm. it's the next big game of the weekend. And we were, I was really looking forward to an actual test, but Kevin De Bruyne is extremely doubtful and most likely out. We've seen how garbage City looked this year. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound crazy because, you know, Arsenal's not been the greatest since the start of 2017. Do you think this is starting to get back to a time where we're like, hey, you know, when you lose a player, Arsenal can come in and absolutely dominate you and kick your ass? Do you think it's we're starting to get back to that point? I think it's possible. KDB is one of the best players in the world. Without him, it's not going to be the same. Their defense is not very good. There's not actually a lot of the, the individual like a lot of these players. But as a team, I, I don't like him as much. And I think – Arsenal has a great chance to, to take advantage of City in this situation. And if, when they're – I know it's one game, and I don't want to keep bringing this up. Leicester scored five on top of them, um, and Arsenal is a much better team than Leicester. And with Aubameyang and Lacazette and uh, Naparte and other pieces, as long as – well, with, with a decent defense and a good goalkeeper, um, without KDB creating opportunities for City, it's going to be difficult. I don't think they're going to be shut out, but I think now more than ever, um, Man City, you know, will take the L in this situation, in my opinion. All right. Um, so we're going to get really deep into this. I don't want to jinx anything, but <laughs> I think I think there's something special going on with the manager we have and everything, and. The fact that Stan Kroenke spent money, which blows my mind. Yeah. Um, is there something special going on in North London? And before anybody says, well, Spurs, listen, Spurs have won fuck all. And I know we try to keep professional here, but I got to say this. You're a minuscule, you're a minnow. Do you actually think there's some, North London is going to be a place to watch football again and enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, look. He's not – I said – I've said on the past that he has certain glimpses of some great managers. Um, I, I don't think he's at that level yet, but the, the, the bottom line is you got your man. I don't think you're going to be need, need to look for another manager in any time soon, and I'm not saying he's going to stay there for, you know, 20 years or anything like that, but Arsenal definitely have something special. And I think Spurs at this point are irrelevant to the Champions League. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't buy it. Um, Mourinho is is a all-time great manager, at least not not the best ever or anything like that. But but he has done some incredible things in his career. They got good players with Harry Kane and 
and Hassan and others, but look, Arsenal is, is just better in every way and every facet. And I think potentially the way the Premier League is going, um, the Arsenal could be in a position with this manager to win a couple of trophies, um, even the Premier League in the next couple of years. And I suspect that they will not go in empty handed um, trophy wise this season either. Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, so things shift the Premier League, obviously, year after year. Um, do you think anything will get better for Man United anytime soon? No. I'll be I'll be surprised if they finish in the top ten. They they just look horrendous, and I, don't, I can't I keep going back to this, but there is a reason. There's a reason. Well, yes, they 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 didn't reach the financial price of of Dortmund, but at this point, even if Man United go into for get going for Jaden Sancho again next season, I doubt he. I I bet that he 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 you know plays it down and it doesn't doesn't even consider Man United anymore. They're in such a bad situation. Their owners are horrendous. The, their transfer policy was awful. Um, their manager doesn't know what he's doing. And most of their players are below average. Um, Rashford is the shining star of this team. And even if he has a 30-goal season, it won't be enough for them to really be anything significant. All right. Um, what do you think, and honestly, um, what do you think it takes for them to get back to the level that they're supposed to be? Um, that's a hard one. I think I, nothing's going to, nothing's going to happen until they, um, until the club is sold to somebody else who's, who's going to invest uh, and, and try to build something special. I think that's where it starts. They need a new manager. Um, but again, I don't think any top manager would want to go there now. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure it's a destination for players either. So you're going to have to buy young and try to build something. Um, similarly to what Roma has done and similar to what some of these other teams who are, who are building young have done. But I, I think nothing changes until the club is sold um, to somebody who's, who's willing to take care, to, to do what they're supposed to do and build this team back into what it once was. But until, until there's a sale, there's nothing to talk about and they're just going to be irrelevant. Um, so now that – this is crazy to me that they're not irrelevant. And then Everton is. Yeah. And me and you, we love we love um, the fact that Everton's back back where they should be. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be like a – and I don't want to make Man United fans mad. Actually, I really don't care. Do you think it's going to be a dynamic for, for a while? Man United are going to be like the Everton, you know, like seven, six, five, you know, finish. And Everton are going to be where Man United are supposed to be. Do you think you could – could you see, like, a shift happening there? Yeah, Man United and Everton are not even close in terms of um, where they are at this point. We, we love Carlo Angelotti. He's a serial winner. He's won the Champions League three different times. He's won with AC Milan. He was successful with Chelsea, Bayern. Um, great player from Roma, won championships as a player with AC Milan and, and so on and so forth. So he's a great manager. I mean, as, as far as value for money, they had the best transfer of the entire transfer window with, with Allen, who's a 60 million player that they got for 30 or some or 25. And then they got Hamas Rodriguez from Real Madrid. They're really building this team into something that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and it just seems like they're all the things that Man United wish they were right now. 
They have a great manager, good young pieces, and they they made great transfer business this summer. So um, I think they're going to switch places at least temporarily because I don't see a way Man United sort of becomes relevant again anytime soon. All right. Um, I agree with that. And to be frank, I'm kind of happy about that. I know we're not supposed to be biased, but. Yeah, I am too. After the Man United's handling of the, the, the small in transfer, I'm actually really glad that they're, they're so off listies. Um, do you think Ole makes it past Christmas? Um, I think it's possible just because Man United fans want to, and the people there want to give him a chance because he scored that one goal um, in the Champions League final. But as a manager, he's done nothing to suggest that he deserves uh, leeway. Um, I would guess that he's not going to be, he's not going to make it to Christmas. I would guess he, he gets um, sacked before then. But again, Man United might give him more, more of a, a leeway just because of what he did as a player. Yeah, but does that matter in your opinion? No, it doesn't matter. But that's not – I think that's the thought process of Man United. It's not, the, it's not the way I feel. If you can't perform, you can't perform. I don't care how many, you know, goals or assists or whatever you, you had in your career with this club. Um, that should not matter, and I, think, I don't think it does matter. Man United, I think, view it differently. They want to give him a chance just because he was that player one time. All right. Um, so I have two more questions for you before we wrap up tonight. Okay. If that's okay. Yep. Um, first of all, are Roma going to make the Champions League? This season? Yeah. Nah. I, I, I won't say no chance because I think AC Milan might be missing a piece. And I think um, as far as the rest of it, Lazio could still push for that spot. Um, and there's obviously a lot of good teams in a, in a great league, but um, – I would say no, but there's a chance because I'll say it. I've said this once and I'll say it again. Roma have the best defense in the league. And if we move to a two-striker formation, allowing our new striker to play with Jekko, and if we get milk in January, then we have we have a fighting chance to do it. Um, I still think it's unlikely, but I, I don't think it's out of the arena possibilities. I think it's there's somewhat um, it's somewhat possible. All right, and uh, my last question is who wins the Premier League? I don't want to go with this, but um, you know what? Screw it. Arsenal's going to win the Premier League. I, at this point, I can't make another distinction because I have not been impressed with any of the other teams that are supposed to be good this season. And I think, you know, if you go out to City and they crush you or something, then maybe I have a different opinion. But based on what I've seen so far, I think Arsenal is going to – they're my dark horse candidate. They're going to continue to be my dark horse. Um, I don't think Liverpool's winning it. They don't look that good um, when they're losing 7-2 to Aston Villa. Um, Spurs, uh, Spurs aren't doing anything. City has a chance, but outside of the teams that are favored to win it, City has the best chance. But I, I just feel like this is this is one of those years that uh, a team uh, a team was, is going to win it that's not supposed to. So. At this point, I'll say Arsenal. I'll change this opinion in January if I, if I feel I need to. But at this point, that's what it looks like. All right. I'm going to be very quiet about this and then go downstairs and scream. But I'm not going to – actually, I'm not going to give you my opinion on the Premier League winner because I can't pick us yet. 
to be fair, if we beat City and we beat I want to see us beat City and a Chelsea first, and then I'll uh, I'll go with it. Yeah, the I'll only reason I'm doing it is because I'm just basing basing it off what I see so far. So I can't say that this this my opinion on this could change in a week or two. I just haven't seen enough to really make a prediction. But if I'm at if I'm if you're asking me now based on what I've seen so far, I would that's the way I would go. If that makes sense. It does all right. Well, that's all the time we have tonight. Um, that was a good show. Um, hope everybody enjoyed Cannon Snakes the Olympico. Um, I made my law and array to return, if you could call it that this week. Um, and yeah, so have a good night. Um, come on, you gunners, Forza Roma and Forza AC Milan. Have a good All night. Right. See you guys later.